0: It seeks to protect the Indic identity from being distorted. It seeks to promote Indic thought on local local and global consumers, practitioners, and seekers. Um, Indica seeks to act as a hub for ecosystem and, cataly- cat- and catalyze new initiatives. Towards this end, Indica collaborates with universities, colleges, schools, research institutions, NGOs, publishers, media houses, ashrams, Gurukuls, think tanks, associations, endowments, platforms, academics, authors like Saisarupaji here, artists and activists. And we also like to uh, mention that we are in the US, uh, we are a a not-for-profit 501c3 uh, organization. That means if you at any point want to contribute, Uh, any monetary fund, uh, it is uh, uh, tax exempt. And you can always visit us uh, on our website, it's indicacademy.org for all the the activities that we do. Um, And a quick introduction about Uh, Saisarupaji. Saisarupaji is an author of several books, including Draupadi, Tale of an Empress. She's an I, I. She's an IIT graduate and a former analyst with a uh, venture capitalist venture capital firm. Uh, Sai Sorapaji is also a writing coach and she mentors aspiring uh, writers and authors. Um, her topic. Our topic today for discussion is Dharma during to- troubled times. A perspective. From Mahabharata, we all know that the uh, Mahabharata is one of the one of the text, uh, civilizational text, which t- tells us a civilizational story. It's itihasa. There is a you know a lot of people talk about history, historic historicity, and uh, uh, what is critical and scientific and all that. But we are not going to go into that. But uh, just to start with Sai ji, can you just give, uh, I, I mentioned your uh, short bio, but can you quickly tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Uh, thanks a lot for the warm welcome, Avdhans ji. Uh, thanks a lot Indica for this uh, wonderful initiative. Uh, it feels uh, really delightful to gather online and meet so many people enthusiastic about uh, Indian civilization. Uh, uh, so uh, a little bit about myself i uh, i worked as a financial uh, as an investment analyst uh, with a venture capital firm uh, before that i worked for a very brief period with an it company and then as a freelancer uh, but uh, my uh, introduction to the indian uh, civilizational literature philosophy and arts was done by my Parents at a very young age. Uh, I uh, learned Carnatic music. Uh, So that was my introduction to the Indic Sahitya. As well as uh, I started reading uh, Mahabharata and Ramayana from the, you know, various pictorial sources available, uh, be it Amar Chitra Katha, be it uh, Ramakrishna missions publications and Chinmaya publications. And uh, my interest steadily increased as I grew up. Uh, There was a short break going to, you know, the academics and this career and all that but uh, i think the inner calling persisted and uh my first book abhaya was a uh response to uh if i can correctly word it it's not exactly a response but it uh it was born out of a certain conversation i had with a muslim friend of mine uh in high school and you know when i was studying 12th so she asked me very innocently that you know there was At at the grassroots of India, we have friendly conversations which are loaded with this dissent and don't hold it against each other. It's not like how media portrays us as people hating each other or whatever, but at grassroots levels, we do, uh, you know, ask bold questions to each other because we are uh, kind of secure about our relationship. So this particular Muslim friend of mine asked me about Krishna. Uh, she asked me, uh, you know, uh, I heard that Krishna has thousands of wives, and uh, how come you guys uh, worship him as well as uh, worship you guys worship uh, Lord Rama, who is so faithful to his wife. That's what that's what she had heard. And then I explained to her at that age, uh, it was basically, I assume that she doesn't know the story. I explained to her the episode of Naraka Suravadha, where there is an asura uh, called Bhauma or Naraka, who uh, abducted about 16,000, more than 16,000 women from all over uh, the uh, ancient Bharat and uh, he had uh, held them captive at the uh, lord krishna after he comes to know of it he goes there along with uh, his consort satyabhama according to certain uh, sources uh, they uh, kill Narakasura, free those women, and uh, but because the women uh, are not confident enough to return to the homes of their families, husbands or uh, fathers or whatever, they are not confident of coming back and joining mainstream life. And uh, Krishna asked, uh, accepts them all as his wives so that they have a life of dignity ahead. So the story doesn't just end with, uh, you know, killing the evil. The story also requires the hero to the Lord, the hero, or, you know, however people want to interpret it to lay a new world order. Mm-hmm. So that is the story. And uh, that's what I explained it to her. Uh, she was happy for the moment, uh, but somehow uh, the conversation stayed in my heart. And I uh, I just felt that it was a very underrated tale and it had it was a story that needed more, telling, because if that is the level of people's uh, knowledge, that was a story which needed to be told again and again. And I wanted to narrate it from the perspective of uh, one of the women rescued by Lord Krishna. So the result of that work is uh, this book of mine, Abhaya, I guess, uh, yeah, Abhaya. And uh, so I got to finally write it uh, once I realized, you know, after a long gap when I realized that the story was still alive within me, despite uh, the whole academic invasion into my life.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Can you so hold that, up for a second again, please, for everybody to take a look at it?
1: Sure, I think because, uh, uh, okay, because of, uh, it's seen in a reverse uh, manner, I guess. Uh, no, I think
0: it's good. It's,
1: it's good? good, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> sure. Thank
0: you. Yes, please, uh, everybody, please, please be sure to buy some of our books, too.
1: (laughs) Yes, uh, the Kindle editions are available on uh, all the global uh, Amazon platforms and uh, it's available on Kindle Unlimited also for uh, free uh, for uh, unlimited subscribers. Uh, So do please uh, check it out.
0: Thank you. Thank you for uh, that in, uh, that introduction, Sai Surapaji. Um, uh, before you go into your main presentation, would you please also tell us very shortly about the Mahabharata text itself? Uh, you know, sh- very, very shortly. I am sure everybody knows about it, but
1: from your perspective. From my
0: perspective, uh, Mahabharata is a lot
1: of things. You know, you think that today, Mahabharata constitutes something to me. Uh, two years later, it'll come out to be something else, that thing and something else. So it has that uh, quality of growing along with you. It has the quality of making you grow along with your life. Uh, so that is the kind of exhaustive text. Uh, at which has something for, for everyone so if you are a 8 or 9 year old uh, child uh, just wanting a good story the mahabharata has the perfect story uh, you know there are uh, there is a story structure that a lot of the uh, you know, successful authors are supposed to have uh, composed uh, but uh, you know the mahabharata has that uh, perfect uh, you know what do you say that kind of uh, highs and lows that a protagonist goes through there's something called a proactive phase a reactive phase a game changers uh, you know a lot of such uh, uh, you know points in the story so if you want a good story mahabharata has that if you want uh, great uh, characters uh, conflicted characters uh, you know a basket of uh, uh, three dimensional characters you know somebody who's capable of everything but is restraining himself, somebody who is not capable of much but is shouting out his capabilities, someone who has, you know, has the, like Arjuna, who has the valor, he's the hero of the Kurukshetra, if you actually read the unabridged edition, Uh, wherever he enters, the battle turns tables. Hmm. So, uh, you know, being the hero, he has his own, uh, uh, what do you say, Uh, reservations about the whole battle. And then there is somebody like Krishna who, you know, who just has the ability to give the right perspective when it is needed. Of course, he is Bhagavan, so that's what is expected of him. Then there is somebody like Vidura who knows everything and is so, uh, you know, blissfully detached as well as committed to the truth. So just uh, depending upon uh, our own life experiences, Mahabharata has at least one or two characters with whom we can connect and we look to look up to for our own guidance that way you know on a per, at a personal level story of uh, you know, what do you say those uh, uh, insightful conversations uh, uh, you know today i'll touch upon a couple of such conversations uh, along the text where, uh, you know, very insightful uh, uh content which can be you know, which uh, which is timeless, even today, we have uh, a lot to learn from uh, the whole text. Uh, I guess, uh, Doordarshan started re telecasting uh, uh, the old time series of Ramayana and Mahabharata and a lot of actors feel that uh, you know mahabharata and ramayana have uh, enough even, you know enough to excite even the netflix generation maybe netflix may stay for a while and uh, you know something new may replace it but uh, nothing can replace mahabharata is what is uh, my opinion
0: right it right has- very very well said uh, very well put i mean i think uh, mahabharata and all the all our texts are ageless and for everybody and for all uh, um, Ashramas, different ashramas that we go exactly. through. Um, exactly. uh, there is a, there is a moral, there is a story for everybody, something to learn about. So now, right, getting right into it, I will uh, uh, let you uh, start your presentation. Not let you. I will request you to start your presentation. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, this, this, uh, this kind of, uh, you know, uh, this kind of medium gives us a little bit of info informality so i apologize yes, yes, for the... yes
1: yes i uh, i love the touch of informality because oh. it, uh, okay the...
0: so please go ahead and
1: okay so uh namaste everyone now uh, I'll start my presentation, uh, you know, uh, even presentation is a formal word, but uh, let us talk, uh, let us start uh, today's conversation. Uh, Avtansji made a great start uh, with, uh, you know, talking about Mahabharata itself. And uh, Mahabharata is something which has uh, survived, uh, you know, millennia after millennia because it uh, found a way to reinvent itself to be relevant a part of mahabharata will always be relevant or a whole of mahabharata will always be relevant uh, regardless of what which issue faces the world right the world faces uh, but uh, the side effect of such an immortal epic is that a lot of uh, folklore and popular imagination makes its way into the you know population's minds and somewhere the uh the source literature becomes new again because you know you would have heard a totally different uh, version of the story that when you turned to turn to the actual uh, source literature like uh, you know my uh, go to reference is the critical edition uh, brought together by uh, Bhandarkar Oriental Research Institute, Pune, uh, translated into English by Dr. Bebek uh, Debroi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is another edition uh, called, uh, I think, so it's Calcutta edition, which is uh, translated by uh, uh, Kisari Mohan Ganguliji, uh, though the language is a bit uh, poetical and what many call as archaic. Uh, but it's a great online resource when uh, you, know, you want to quickly uh, refer to or something uh, so i uh, will start by uh, you know talking about a few interesting uh, myths uh, that uh, later uh, versions of uh, versions or retellings of uh, mahabharata on various media have uh, you know brought uh, brought to us which is not supported by the source literature one is uh, draupadi uh, did not comment uh, did not uh, say andhika putra andha uh, th- that comment was not uh, the blind uh, blind man's son is also blind kind of a comment is not passed by draupadi when duryodhana slips into the uh, palace pool uh, of course she's not that kind of a woman who goes on passing you know comments but uh, you know this is a uh, This is something uh, that comes to fore during Bhasa's uh, uh, period, the classical period, uh, basically where uh, he was uh, centering the epic around Duryodhana with a good intention uh, to tell the audience about what can happen of a very talented, talented, handsome man with all capabilities if he makes the wrong choice. So that was what uh, Bhasa wanted to tell with his uh, narration. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, this comment comes in, uh, in Bhasa's, somehow uh, in Bhasa's uh, dramatics, this found a place, but this is not supported by any of Vyasa's, uh, Veda Vyasa's uh, narratives. Uh, but somehow this happens to be more popular than, you know, Vyasa's narrative itself. The other thing uh, is Draupadi did not reject Karna for being a stu- Suta Uh, during her Swayamvara. In fact, uh, there are two uh, versions from the Unabridged itself. Uh, uh, One says uh, Karna participated uh, in the Swayamvara, but missed the target. Uh, That particular version has, uh, you know, uh, very uh, beautiful descriptions of how much gap, uh, with how much gap each uh, contestant missed it, how much gap, like, you know, with, with so much of seed, like a pea seed uh, uh, gap, say, Duryodhana missed it, Arjuna, uh, Karna missed it by a hair breadth. And there's some, the Jarasandha missed it, uh, you know, by four inches or five inches or something like that. So it actually gives, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful narration because it doesn't declare that other contestants are failures. You know, because the it's dhanurvidya, it's you know used in a in a practical sense. It says about you know how much accurately the bow that particular bowman can hit the target, right? It doesn't term them as losers exactly. But uh, there is there are other versions which said uh, you know Karna couldn't even lift the bow. So even saying uh, you know I I cannot marry a Suta putra is not uh, supported by Veda Vyasa's narratives. And uh, there's another thing that uh, there's very, very popularly shown in most of the uh, visual renderings of Mahabharata is on the day, uh, 14th day of battle, uh, Arjuna is supposed to kill Jayadrata by the end of 14th day. And because uh, things got tough, uh, we are shown that uh, Krishna causes a solar eclipse, or uh, you know, he pushes his uh, Sudarshana Chakra to uh, cover the sun. Uh, Sudarshana Chakra itself is, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, in all the Vaishnavite theories, Sudarshana Chakra itself is. Uh, worshiped as something, you know, which has uh, the splendor of th- a thousand suns. So I don't know how is that supposed to cover the sun and, you know, make the sky appear darker, but you know somehow that made way into the popular imaginations, whereas in the critical edition, at least, uh, we see that Arjuna kills Jaidrata well in time, and a lot of battle follows that uh, till the sunset, and then there is a night battle, which is another story. Then about karna right uh, he was never rejected by drona uh, you know when he wanted to learn archery drona very happily taught him all the basics of archery it was only even uh, you know a lot of basic uh, divyastras also if i remember right it was only that he uh, he was very choosy about whom to teach brahmastra Right, and even in the battle of Kurukshetra, we don't see many people using Brahmastra other than uh, uh, Drona, Drona, Bhishma. Bhishma did not use the Brahmastra as far as I remember. Uh, one of Drupada and Virata, Yudhishthira, and Arjuna. Right. And uh, Karna again, uh, you know, during the, his final battle with Arjuna. Not many, uh, you know, warriors get to, uh, you know, get to know and learn Brahmastra because it is the guru's uh, uh, decision whether the each student has the adhikara to uh, grasp the Brahmastra and use it judiciously. Yes, Ashwathama was another person who knew Brahmastra. Uh, so uh it's like a guru has to always qualify a student you know whether he has that adhikara to bear the uh bear the knowledge you know whether it is missile knowledge or even spiritual knowledge for that extent uh to that matter uh it has to the, a student has to possess that adhikara right and it is not because of karna's caste there are uh you know Uh, Tons of uh, Kshatriya, princes and kings who did not get to learn Brahmastra because their gurus did not think, you know, they were qualified. But somehow the later narratives made it very caste oriented, made the whole thing very caste oriented. And, uh, you know, then they make Karna sound like a very wronged hero you know because of uh, being a suta putra he was not taught that he was not taught this a- actually karna got he learned uh, basics from drona as well as you know he lied went and lied to uh, uh, bhargava the parashurama and he got a lot of whole parashurama's treasury of uh, divyastras as well as uh, parashurama gifted him with a bow that is unbreakable he gifted him with a chariot chariot which is which was almost uh, as good a chariot as Arjuna had, except for that uh, weak moment, which was again earned because Karna's uh, you know uh, experiment with Shabdaveda went wrong. So, of course, I mean, sorry uh, for detailing it out that much. So, there are a lot of such uh, myths. Uh, uh, which have made their uh, way towards popular imagination in popular renderings of Mahabharata, which are not uh, supported by uh, any of uh, or most of Vyasa's narratives. And my intention was to kindle uh, the interest of everyone here and anyone who watches the video uh, uh, in future to go back and read the source literature. So that was... Uh, because mahabharata has this treasury of uh, conversations uh, even a couple of years back i thought uh, kurukshetra is the most exciting part of uh, mahabharata because you see everybody get tested to their uh, maximum extent you see people great people losing it you see suddenly dark horses emerging out victorious and it's a exciting phase but uh, recently i have discovered that uh, shanti parva which has uh, Bhishma's uh, sermons to Yudhishthira after the war on statecraft, on various uh, dharmas of a king, kshatriya, uh, you know, and so on. That's, that seemed to be so interesting. That would have been a phase where I would have uh, skipped, uh, uh, you know, when <laughs> during college or <laughs> you know that time but that is so exciting because so much of knowledge uh, which is totally relevant uh, to today's uh, crisis that we we face uh, you know which we can apply and uh, get through the you know trying period so one such uh, 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 conversation one such story uh, told by bhishma to Yudhishthira, I'd like to recount. I hope you are not running out of time, uh, Avdansji.
0: No, 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 oh, no. We're sure. we good. We're good. I'll let you know.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so there. It's a very popular story. I was uh, surprised to find it in uh, Mahabharata itself when I started reading the un- unabridged uh, version of uh, Mahabharata. So there, are, there's a very popular story about uh, three fishes in the lake. This is about Apad Dharma, where Bhishma uh, says about uh, Dharma during the times of crisis to Yudhishthira. So there are these uh, three fishes in a lake. Uh, The names, uh, if I remember right, are Duradarshi, Prapta Kalagdha, and Dirghasutra. The the first fish has uh, a lot of forethought. It can uh, sense danger from a distance. Uh, the other fish uh, isn't very worried about an upcoming danger because it has a lot of uh, on the on the knee uh, wit it can use to get out of any trying situation, and the other fish is happily complacent about whatever you know is going to uh, happen. The Deerga Sutra. so Duradarshi, One uh, day, one fine day, she tells the other two fishes summer is approaching and uh, we are in a, our lake is sure to dry up. So before the channel that connects us to the river or, uh, you know, larger uh, uh, mass of water uh, dries up, we should reach the river. The other two fishes are like, uh, never has it happened that our lake dried up in uh, summer. So, you know, I don't want to, we don't want to get uprooted from our natural habitat to a river where there are bigger fish. We may face other dangers. We don't want to take that risk. So, Duradarshi, okay, you know, your choice. And Duradarshi escapes to the uh, larger uh, body of water. Then there is Prapta Kalagnya. Then summer approaches. And as uh, the first fish uh, predicts, the the channel that covers, that uh, connects this lake to uh, the river uh, dries up and there's no way out and because it's summer and uh, you know the water is drying up the fishermen are emboldened to come and uh, fish right praptakalagna and uh, dirghasutra both, uh, both of them get caught in one such net and uh, very uh, because praptakalagna it knows to escape from uh, it it thinks fast on its feet or fins so uh, basically, uh, all the fishermen they uh, stop by a smaller uh, water source to clean the fish. Right? One such uh, at one such a stop, uh, It uh, it it acts like dead all the while, uh, but at one such an opportune moment, it escapes into that body of water and somehow makes its way into the river. And there is the other fish who cannot, you know. It is neither. It, it neither had the wisdom to listen to a wiser uh, fish who could foresee the danger, nor did it have that uh, you know wit that uh, the other uh, the second fish had, which is why you know it was caught in the fisher's net. It could not escape. Finally, it died. So basically, that was uh, Bhishma's lesson to Yudhishthira about. Uh, how uh, you know, uh, to escape from an imminent danger, uh, one has to be ready to face other dangers if, it can, if there is a chance to survive. If there is a chance to survive, you have to take the risk and which is what bhishma wants to tell that's what something i find very relevant to today to d- today's crisis where all my whatsapp groups are filled with the debates regarding whether we are overreacting to covid-19 whether lockdown was uh, you know uh it was necessary unnecessary prepared unprepared or whatever but uh it's always i feel it's always uh, you know uh, safe to it's always good to play safe and uh, you know restrict our movements and restrict the movement of the virus as well uh so that's uh, one story i remembered uh, due to crisis times and uh, and there's some other source uh, from where I saw the uh, crisis. The apada, right, is of three uh, types, right? One is from natural calamities, something uh, you know where nature uh, doesn't act like act very benevolent, and there are crises uh, crises that arrive because of an enemy, and there are crises which arrive because of uh, our own physical failure right and uh, the covid crisis we face today seems to be uh, you know uh, giving space to all uh, theories i think it's a strange combination of all the three <laughs> right uh, so the so that is the time where uh, uh, one would be sur- surprised when we go through the whole shanti parva uh, the way bhishma uh, uh, puts dharma and artha both of them on an equal pedestal right because one he keeps stressing the fact that without uh, without artha artha means you know the wealth of various kinds it can be valor also right so without uh, that strength and uh, splendor right dharma weakens he makes that point repeatedly across all his anecdotes and lessons he makes that point that dharma weakens without uh, shri without artha without uh, valor uh, so it has it's very imperative that i think uh, we uh, at least you know uh, after independence or you know the first three, 2 3 decades we have undermined the importance of artha at a policy level you know uh, calling it uh, calling profit dirty or you know not giving uh, enough uh, enough uh, p- platform for wealth creation which used to be uh, put at a equal put on an equal uh, footing along with dharma uh in the four purusharthas in the times of mahabharata which is why uh you know we had such kings who could maintain who could put together who could hold their kingdoms together uh despite in spite of uh, all the crisis because we uh we hear about uh, kings suffering but we don't hear much about the kingdom and subjects suffering right because there were kings who took the uh, you know hit upon themselves so that their subjects uh, don't suffer or at least they can limit the damage that the kingdom uh, uh, kind of uh, can suffer so uh, so that's about uh, i think i've made my point clear about the treasury of uh, knowledge that uh, mahabharata offers uh, not this is about theoretical uh, part, Right, uh, where you know someone in Mahabharata, someone knowledgeable in Mahabharata is giving that particular lesson, you know, depending on the context, to someone who is uh, who has the adhikara. Here we have Bhishma and Yudhishthira. And Mahabharata has a lot of practical lessons, where the characters, uh, where the people showed in practice on what to prac, you know, wh- how to act during a crisis. Uh, the greatest lesson i found was uh, from uh, empress draupadi uh, during the uh, the crisis called dice game right and again a lot of popular imagination uh, reimaginations of mahabharata they portray her as the victim of that whole episode but to me uh, i think she she is the hero of that episode you know totally she had that capability of uh, uh, you know uh, coming through coming out of it uh, she just did not save herself, but she also saved her husbands from slavery, right? Uh, and if, uh, unfortunately, uh, visual renderings of Mahabharata dwell upon, dwell a lot upon uh, insults heaped upon her and on the harana and, uh, you know, about uh, Lord Krishna saving her and, uh, you know, the whole uh, miraculous uh, incident that takes the spotlight off from the, uh, in a very long intellectual conversation that uh, Draupadi carries out and she totally overwhelms Dhritarashtra and others sitting there with her sheer intellectual uh, capability I strongly encourage you all to uh, go back and uh, read the unabridged uh, edition uh, as well as my book which is a fictional uh, uh, narration of what how Draupadi handled uh, the crisis uh, yes, uh, and uh, I want all of you to read the unabridged edition. Uh, you know, the easiest one is uh, Dr. De Debroy's. I think it's uh, volume two or three uh, of the 10 volume set. Where uh, after the, you know, after that attempt to disrobe her, she manages to get out of it. After that, the way she builds dissent, right? There is Vikarna challenging uh, the validity of the game right? The validity of uh, her uh, her being wagered. You know, she starts the question, Vikarna supports her. He is put down. Then there is Vidura who was against the whole thing since the beginning. He starts, he is emboldened and he keeps starting. Then there are other rishis in the sabha who lend their voice. And finally, there is Gandhari who comes and questions the king. And, uh, you know, the whole uh, descent, the way it builds up, it makes it, it totally overwhelms Dhritarashtra that he's forced to annul the game. And he says, Draupadi, ask for a boon because a lot of wrong things have happened today that should not have happened. Let me try and compensate you. And at that moment, Draupadi asks, What does she ask for? She asks for the freedom of her husband, Yudhishthira, you know, the man who wagered her. Right? Because, I mean, she could be angry with him. Any woman can be angry at that uh, with the husband who did that. But that was the moment where she kept her head uh, when everybody around her lost it and uh, decided that being together, being uh, sticking together was the solution to come out of this crisis. Not falling apart. Falling apart is not going to serve any purpose. She knew that. She knew that uh, the five brothers, when they were together and she was with them, they conquered the world. They became emperors. She became the empress. She has seen what unity could do to them. So she was not prepared to let go of that unity in the time of crisis. And she had that much wisdom at that point of time where you know, most of us would have lost our minds. Right. So she asked for the freedom of Yudhishthira. Uh, Dhritarashtra says, okay, I mean, you know, that's even, that's expected. And uh, I'm not happy with just that. As for something else, and she says, free my other four husbands, Bhima, Arjuna, Nakula, Sahadeva, and their weapons. Right? Now things get interesting. Now... Dhritarashtra knows that Pandavas are very angry but could not react because of whatever the conditions of the dice game were but now they are free men and their weapons are back in their hands and something is going to happen. He knew that. So he's he just continues on saying, "You know, yes, yes, that is also granted, but I am still not happy with the, this particular com- uh, compensation. I give you back your kingdom, and uh, you know, let us uh, try and forget this whole unpleasant episode. Please go back to your kingdom and lead your lives as you used to lead till today." So, at one stroke, she brought back from you know dire depths of poverty and slavery. She brought uh, the situation back to the to being the empress that she is right being the pandavas being the emperors like they were uh, the whole uh, story of a second game and the exile is another uh, you know maybe out of uh, scope for this uh, per- particular conversation because that's uh, uh, what i wanted to stress upon is uh, draupadi's uh, the combination of her compassion wisdom as well as uh, you know emphasis on what to do when right? The right action at the right time, right? That is uh, that is an inspiring lesson for all of us, uh, you know, irrespective of the problems that we face, which is why she continues to be a very inspiring, towering, inspiring uh, figure to all of us. Uh, uh, whether Netflix uh, stays or not, I think Draupadi would continue to be an inspiration uh, to all of us. And uh, sorry, I think I get just went on and on
0: no uh, no that, that 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 was perfect uh, that was very good excellent um and uh i thank you for uh, your presentation um but i just i just wanted to um uh ask one question i mean sure. people you know in terms of dharma uh, a lot of people have uh, you know Take one dharma and then superimpose that one dharma on the whole society, or the whole uh, you know. Uh, but dharma is a very layered concept. Right? It's a very
1: layered concept. It's a very contextual concept. Very exactly. dynamic uh, concept.
0: Right. It 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 is one rule that rules the whole. C- entire cosmos but but then again uh, there are all sorts of layerings you know individual you have family you have uh, your neighborhood then uh, raj dharma this dharma and that dharma so you know uh, you need a little bit of uh, you means us we need a little bit of more uh, deeper understanding to do uh, our own swadharma, and we are able to discriminate about you know what is not our dharma and what is not my dharma,
1: that kind of thing. Yes, and uh, the two favorite uh, references to dharma that uh, I have is one is the etymology of dharma itself, where which it says yes. dharayeti iti dharma. Yes. So whatever balances keeps, uh, whatever maintains. Uh, you or your ecosystem or your world in that state of balance is dharma, and whatever is causing that imbalance or something, right? That uh, so that is adharma. So you have to put up a counterbalancing uh, action if there is an imbaling, uh, in, imbalancing force. You have to put up a counterbalancing action. You know th- that is dharma in action. So sometimes it could be, uh, you know. Uh, war is dharma, and sometimes, you know, not going on war can also be dharma. When, so it depends upon the context, and it's a journey to understand uh, the whole concept itself. And uh, there's another beautiful uh, commentary given by K.M. Munshi in his uh, Krishna Vatara series, where there is a whole beautiful chapter dedicated to Krishna wondering about what is his dharma so then he say he sees Sat, satra satrajit, right the father of satyabhama who who in that uh, particular story is a profit thirsty merchant but from the point of satrajit profit is not bad right profiting is not bad that is dharma that is not adharma but that is not enough of dharma that's not enough to be called dharma. So that way he keeps on, uh, you know, observing various individuals, and then Krishna concludes that uh, dharma is something which uh, welds your thought, word, and action, so that you overcome your weaknesses, you build upon your strengths, and overcome weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And finally, dharma is what makes you uh, feel one with the world and makes the world. Uh, be within you, so that you are Vasudeva, right. the yeah. you know the Lord of the Earth. So that is Krishna's dharma. Yeah. So that's the most beautiful uh, uh, commentary on dharma that I've come across. Uh, yeah.
0: no, I mean uh, it's it's the same. We have four Purushartha and artha is one of them. So,
1: <laughs> yep. of so yeah. So artha is on an equal footing. I mean, kama is on an equal footing uh, with dharma and artha. Right.
0: Absolutely. Um, so uh, I think I would uh, um, open the floor for some questions if somebody has is that is that okay
1: yes yes I'll be happy to take questions okay
0: sometime. so if you raise your hand and I'll unmute you and uh, my quick request only is that time is of an essence so if you want to take more questions just make it very 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 brief and pointed so I have Sumantji. Uh, Okay, can you can you ask Sumantji? Uh,
2: namaste. Can you hear
1: me?
2: Yes. Uh, yes, Sumantji. Namaste. Ah, uh, Namaste, Sahili, and Namaste, uh, My question is, uh, I don't know how to put this. Uh, today, in this uh, world where you get to know, I wouldn't say know as such. You get to hear a lot from all corners of the world at a the time. Uh, there is, I get a feeling that there is a sense that. Uh, the so called educated people, especially because we have our basic insecurities taken care of we want to we think we can understand and we want to understand and hence have an opinion on everything under sun or beyond uh but in the i wouldn't say ancient society at least in the dharmic society, mm. is that how it works? Did everybody on you know everybody understand everything or did they just follow and, uh, you know, actually enact what they were supposed to do and la- leave the others do their dharma because it's like, you know, today, whether even within the so-called right-wing, that so much debate that we have, I get a sense that we try to have an opinion on everything because I want to understand everything. Is it even possible?
1: mm, Okay. <laughs> So having an opinion, uh, I think our opinions are always characterized by our own uh, experiences, Sumantji. because uh, most of the middle class today, as I know, have come from very humble backgrounds. So, uh, you know, it has... Uh, everyone has put up a fight to reach where the, wherever they have reached. And uh, rightfully, they are proud about their uh, particular journeys. So they'll be passionately advocating their side of stuff, saying, you know, this works, this doesn't work. Right? And at the same time, uh, we know that, you know, everyone's experience is kind of limited to, you know, whatever they have been exposed to. And they may be right and they may be wrong. Or they might not be just right enough. Uh, You know, as Krishna felt it with uh, various people, uh, he observed. So, Satrajit is right, but not ideal enough. And a lot of Satyaki is right, but not ideal enough. And, uh, you know, the Pandavas are. Very much right, but may not be so. Krishna knew that somewhere he had to be everyone, and uh, not everyone have that capacity, Sumanji. And uh, coming uh, from a dha, you know to the Dharmic society, I think ancient Dharmic society had a, a sort of hierarchy, and the hierarchy was not oppressive, it was a very strong role based hierarchy. It was not, uh, you know, it was not like a king had all the powers. Uh, the king to reach there had to undergo that, uh, you know, rigorous training, you know, which can, which keeps him grounded. And a lot of, uh, even in the classical period, I think uh, the prince, once he finishes uh, his training in the Gurukula, is uh, required to go on an Agniyata tour where he's supposed to tour the kingdom, not as a prince, but as a commoner and stay amongst the people for a year or two, understand them and come back with what he can do for them, which is when he would be declared fit to inherit the throne, right? So there is something, uh, you know, there is a lot of perspective gaining that uh, used to be emphasized in a dharmic society, Uh, but then that's, that being said, I think there is, we are always an evolving society. So there are times where the best of the person, people may fall short of uh, you know, what is required. And it's a journey for everyone.
0: Right? Yeah, uh, if I may say uh, quickly that uh, you know, uh, there, there is a concept of adhikar. Adhikar is not power. It's not like Adhikari, we have Jiladhikari and all that powerful people. Adhikara means you are empowered, not powerful. So uh, people have to be Adhikari to, uh, you know, to. Make contributions in that in their field, and also in terms of this. And
1: adhikara is something like today you might not have, but two years later you can acquire it. Uh, you know, yes. with your sadhana and all. It's not like you know your caste or social status stops you from having a certain adhikara. We are not. Yeah. Okay. I have... Adhikara
2: is also adhikara is also given to somebody who is who who you think should have the responsibility. So adhikara exactly. also the depends on somebody's responsibility or capability to, to
1: capability.
2: do nirvahan, like Kartavya nirvahan. You know
1: exactly, exactly. Absolutely. And even that is dynamic, like dharma. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. I have uh, Shiv Kumar Swami, and uh, go ahead, Shiv Kumarji.
2: Uh, uh, hello. Namaste, sir. Namaste. Namaste, uh, namaste everyone. Who is namaste, here? Namaste, Shiv Kumarji um like i would like to know that uh, when i uh, heard about the bah- mahabharata there was one thing which uh, always uh, you know uh, came into doubt when it was dharma word like um when it comes to the story of uh, barbika like really? uh, krishna would have let him fight the, in the field of uh, uh, kurukshetra uh, you know for uh, to barbika so that, what what is your comment on this, man?
1: Uh, firstly, Barbarika does not figure in the Mahabharata, Shiv Kumarji. So there's, uh you know, the he is mentioned in Skanda Purana, basically. Yes. Uh, and as far as I know, uh, my knowledge of Skanda Purana is not as much as uh, my knowledge of Mahabharata. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I don't try to boast of my knowledge here, but uh, uh, Barbarika had, uh, as far as I know, had this, uh, uh, you know, uh, not obsession exactly, but something to support the weak. So, uh, you know, if you let him participate in where, you know, in any, uh, you know, war or a debate or anything where there are two sides, he'd keep toggling between sides and the war would never end. Right. And war is something where, you know, there is a lot of life loss and stuff. You want it to end quickly with, you know, minimum loss as as minimum loss as possible you want to finish off the enemy, like, you know, at least you finish off the king on the other side as soon as possible so that soldiers on both sides don't l- suffer life loss, right? Uh, that's the way uh, one uh, responsible warrior thinks. Shivaji used to think that way, you know, he never used to massacre whole armies as such. He used to target leaders, he used to target those key personal and, uh, uh, you know, he, and sometimes negotiate. Uh, I think Shivaji is the best. Uh, Shivaji Maharaj is the best example of uh, you know dharma. Pra- somebody who practiced dharma in the recent times. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you. I think I have. We have uh, time for one more question, and so we have Sevari G. So let's see what he has. Go
3: ahead. Yeah, Namaste to all. Oh, no, uh, are know. you able to hear me? Yes. yes. Go
0: ahead. Your yeah. So,
3: my my question is, uh, we have read in uh, Mahabharat, like when the swambar is happening, and uh, Arjuna is supposed to, you know, uh, shoot the arrow in the eye of the fish, and. Uh, karna is uh, not given the opportunity because he is uh, supposed to be a sooth putra how far uh, is that true what, what I, is the...
1: uh, handled in my the beginning of the presentation uh, in a lot of mahabharata uh, uh, the editions of mahabharata uh, even in the critical edition uh, karna participates in the swayamvara uh, so
3: and he fails uh, is that uh,
1: yes he fails he fails where okay. by a very uh, you know short uh, this one
3: margin okay And the other question was like, there's so much of misinformation in the TV shows that are being showed on the television. Like, you know, uh, the Surya Karna, he is always like, you know, there are castest overtones throughout the TV serial, even in other TV serials, there's so much of uh, misinformation. So how do we counter it? And like, uh, I mean, uh, to, which would be the uh, actual sources or the Two two ways to
1: counter this would be, one is to read uh, the unabridged edition ourselves and encourage study of the unabridged edition. As I said, uh, the purpose of Mahabharata is not for us to judge whether, uh, you know, who was the best, whether he did right or wrong, but to uh, learn from the text and be a better version of ourselves with every reading. Uh, right that is the true uh, purpose or uh, you know the prayojana of mahabharata once uh, once uh, all of us start doing it it won't matter whether karna suffered whether karna achieved arjuna achieved whether he was an entitled person or you know privileged person or anything like that we we begin to understand the struggle of each of those uh, ancient people right and uh, become better people ourselves Right. Once we understand the uh, core purpose of this uh, text, uh, this kind of misinformation does not will not, uh, you know, attain a lot of mileage. But this takes time. So the short term approach, uh, which is uh, which I suggest to everyone is, uh, you know, or uh, anybody who is passionate about it is to start writing. short pieces, Twitter threads, novels, or, you know, uh, short stories or articles or whatever, uh, you know, you can you manage to study and you can manage to counter, please keep writing in whatever medium you can. So that, you know, the that kind of, uh, you know, useless propaganda is countered.
0: Thank you. Okay, um, I think we're coming close to our uh, session here. So Sai ji can you please also quickly mention the names of your books? And if you have them, hold it up and so people can see and uh, maybe perhaps they can buy it and read it too.
1: Yes, before I start there, there's one question uh, by Kiran uh, saying the recommendation of abridged version. Uh, I was actually uh, 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 referring to the critical, what is called as the critical uh, edition, Kiranji. Uh, this is something, uh, you know, when this institute, Bandhakar Oriental Research Institute started its work of compiling Mahabharatas, they discovered that there were there were about a thousand, more than thousand uh, recensions or editions of Mahabharata with very minor, minor, minor differences between each other so they started combing out uh, inconsistencies basically where uh, you know the one incident happens in say uh, adi parva and it is again recounted in say Vanaparva. so both uh, the stories have to uh, be consistent So if some inconsistency is found, they used to uh, take the more consistent version, ignore this uh, particular thing and take the more consistent version. They they used to refer to other this one and take the more consistent version. So that way they managed to put together a a critical edition, which took about 20 pundits, uh, 20 or more pundits, some 30 years to put that together. So you can be sure of the uh, rigor that went into the work so uh, we can start our study. It It's going to take time. Ten volume uh, book of each, each of uh, 500 pages is going to take time. But uh, I would advocate that uh, all of us uh, read that, uh, you know, taking our own time, take good advantage of uh, the lockdown period and read as much as, uh, you know, <laughs> as one can. Yep. Thank
2: Certainly.
1: you. So... Okay, then uh, I think uh, so I'll quickly take uh, leave after uh, mentioning about my books. Uh, You've all heard about uh, Abhaya, which is my first book. Uh, It's, you know, a lot of my passion put uh, into a form of a story. Uh, My second book is uh, Avishi. It is a reimagination of a Rigvedic story about a queen called Vishpala uh, who loses a limb in a war and is granted a prosthetic limb prosthetic leg by the Ashwini Kumaras, uh, and she fights with that prosthetic leg. And the most inspiring thing about this story is that this is the world's first reference to prosthesis. Any prosthesis, any uh, you know, journal or conference or any uh, exhaustive work on the field of prosthesis starts from the history of this uh, field of medicine, refers to Rigveda as the inspiration so that I think is a very proud thing for every Indian and we need to talk more about it, which is why uh, I went out of my comfort zone to uh, reimagine the whole tale. Uh, and it, uh, it has been, uh, you know, optioned uh, for screen adaptation by a very major uh, studio and work is going on uh, to, you know, bring it onto screen.
0: Congratulations uh, on that. Good.
1: Thank you. Thanks a lot. And uh, there's another book, Maori, which is like a sequel to Abhaya. Uh, it's about the daughter of Mura, who is the commander of who, who is the commander of Narakasura who is killed uh, in, uh, in the hands of Krishna. Uh, his daughter, Maori, she has a story of her own. She marries uh, Gatot Kacha, whose son is Barbaric, that one of you mentioned uh, here. So that's a good story uh, to explore uh, the way, uh, you know, revenge or, you know, feeling of that hatred turns into love or devotion that... Uh, have uh, exp- uh, explored in Maori. And the fourth is Draupadi, uh, which uh, you've all seen, and Draupadi, The Tale of Empress, uh, which is by uh, Rupa Publications. The other three were self published. And uh, my next book would be on Rukmini by Rupa Publications again. uh, So let's uh, hope that we see the other side of (laughs) COVID-19 as soon as possible so that they can get the book out. So do uh, please check out uh, all the books. Uh, I'd be delighted to stay in touch and interact with you all. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you, Abdanshji.
0: Really quickly, can you uh, also share your, um, uh, type in your handle, the, Twitter handle. And while she does that.
1: Yeah, that's the place where I'm the most active, uh, Sai Swarupa.
0: Yeah. And while she does that, I just uh, would like to take this time to let everybody know that we have started a series of these kind of talks and uh, we have lined up already a couple more talks. So Mm -hmm. uh, coming up is uh, Dr. Jeffrey Long that we'll be having a conversation I'd love to attend that. Dr. Jeffrey Long and also Professor Ramesh Rao, who is uh, uh, working on his, his research is on uh, uh, New York Times and Hindu Povia and things like that. So he'll be presenting uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, so watch out uh, for the details to come up shortly. And uh, I, want, uh, I would like to thank uh, here uh, again Nishant uh, uh, Nishantji and uh, Ramji for all the uh, coordination here and our India team, Karan and uh, Harikiranji for all the support, uh, logistics here. And thank you Saisarupaji. Uh, uh, Thanks a really lot. It was really nice uh, talking uh, to you and uh, we'll be in touch and stay I safe. i immensely
1: enjoyed the session. Thanks everyone for attending. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Okay.
2: Bye-bye.